Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So by now you, you, uh, you're, it's, it's funny as a preacher when you hear folks uh, like to tell me as a preacher like my, my little idiosyncrasies. They're like, do you know you do this all the time? Or like uh, you touch your head all the time. Like, they, you know, like things I'm totally unaware of. But one of the things that I am aware of that I do often is uh, share things about etymology, right? The origins of words, where words come from, um, and the significance of, of, you know, knowing where, knowing the deeper meaning of certain words. I'm pretty passionate about that, right? The Greek origin, the Greek root, the Latin root, those sorts of things. In particular, like the enemy's names and the, the etymology of his names are, are, it's really significant and very illuminative. So he's called the devil. Uh, at different points in the scriptures, the devil comes from the Greek word diabolain, which means to scatter or to divide. Right? So in this sense, this name, what is it revealing? It's revealing this aspect of the of the enemy's activity, he's the scatterer, he's the divider. Wherever you find division, things pulling apart, people moving apart, you can be sure that he's, he's the author of it. The church fathers had this phrase uh, that where there is division, there is sin. Where there's division, there is sin. Another name, of course, is Satan from the Greek satanas, hosatanas, which means the accuser. So again, another aspect of his activity, he's the one who accuses. It's his voice that whispers deep in our hearts, accusing us of our sin, not convicting us of our sin. That's the, that's the voice of the Holy Spirit, the one who accuses us of our sin. That's the enemy. He's the one who says, you are identified with your sin. You are your brokenness. You are your shame. You are all of these things. And because of this, you ought to hide Right? He also accuses the Lord. He accuses God of being a tyrant, a dictator, a killjoy, an abusive father, someone who doesn't want us to flourish, all of those things. So he's the accuser. And in the gospel we have today, we hear another name for, for the enemy, and it's, it's unique. It's Beelzebul. Beelzebul. The name Beelzebul translates to the Lord of the Flies. It's very interesting. Not the book, right? The book that we read in high school, right? Not that book, but... Um, the Lord, the Lord of the Flies. I think this is really fascinating and illuminating for a few reasons. Right? It's he's not the Lord of um, the rhinos or the elephants or the tigers or lions or any like big scary animal. He's the Lord of the Flies. Some lordship, right? The Lord of the Flies. Where do flies grow? They they grow and they multiply around rotting, dead, foul things. Right? Where we permit death to linger in us, there the flies will be, right? The outgrowth of the enemy's activity surrounding the stuff that we lay hidden in our hearts, right? The enemy, his activity always flourishes in the dark. He flourishes in the dark. He's parasitic, and he wants his activity to stay in the dark. So the more that we keep things hidden in the dark, the more that we keep the Lord out of, you know, our wounds, our shame, our pain, our memories, the more that we keep the Lord out of it and just say, I'll deal with this, the more that we just walk around with death in us. And when there's death in you, flies are going to grow there, right? The flies are going to multiply there. That's where, they, that's where they buzz and have their activity. Secondly, it's this, that flies aren't really threatening as much as they are annoying, 
right? No one, no one has ever freaked out, you know, in uh, like a sheer panic because they saw a fly coming at them, right? No one hit the deck because there's a fly. Maybe a horse fly. Those are big and gross, right? But no one's, no one's losing their mind over a fly. They're just annoying. Think about when you're having a picnic and you're sitting there with your burger. You're just like, ah, get out of here, right? It's just annoying. They're just annoying. Our enemy, okay, let's just be, let's just be clear. The enemy, yes, he's not to be trifled with. He is very dangerous. The Lord, John Paul II said of him, don't have anything to do with him. Um, he, is very, he, is, he is far more powerful than any human creature. And the gospel that we have, Jesus talks about how um, he describes him as a strong man who has taken humanity captive, right? He's taken humanity captive like a kidnapper, like a human trafficker. But Jesus says, I have come to bind the strong man, right? To bind him, to render him incapable, render him powerless, and to plunder his goods, right? To take humanity out of his grasp. That's what Jesus has done. And so for the baptized, for Christians, the enemy at this point is merely the Lord of flies. He just buzzes and distracts. Like, all he can do is distract our attention and annoy us. And this is where Mary comes in, right? Mary is the, uh, I want to give her a new title, as the, the, the ultimate fly swatter, right? That's who she is. She's the ultimate fly swatter. She's always just whoosh, getting the enemy out of there. That's who she is. I think the enemy... He, he knows very well how Mary's feet smell because they're always on his face. So, on this, on this Feast of Francis de Sales, uh, we just call on his intercession, and let's just be reminded again that, um, that all the enemy's activity is for us as disciples, as Christians, is, is flies. It's so many flies. So let's turn to Our Lady, who's the, uh, the heavenly fly swatter. <laughs> Amen.